2: Welcome back to More to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude! Oh, say, can you see? I swear nobody knows every single word properly. Even the people that do the national anthem, they be reading the damn prompter. Oh, man, how y'all feeling on this holiday right here? Happy 4th of july oh say i ain't gonna finish it all right man i know y'all feeling good out there want to hurry up and get to that barbecue hurry up and jump in the pool hurry up and cross town and get ready for some fireworks so let's get right into the show but first always got to thank you guys for the love especially you wiley world members out there on youtube who's trying to win this friday swag away book it's your boy marcel swally my opinions right here on the journey from Compton, to Columbia, to the NFL, to Broadcast Network, to the independent space, me right here, it's all that and more in this book. Hopefully you can win it on Friday Swag Away. Well, first, let's get into how we start off every show with what's up with that dude? Well, yesterday I went to my spot, and if you know where my spot is, you know where I'ma be. And if you don't know where my spot is, I'm not gonna tell you, cause your ass gonna show up in my spot. I got a spot in L.A., so beautiful, so private, so tranquil, and I have all my meetings there, and usually no one's really there. Love that spot. Well, I had a meeting yesterday with an event planner. What are we planning? Foundation events, but we don't call them foundation events. You know what we call them? Drums. Fun Foundation events. Ah, you know why? Because there's these big carnivals, we're gonna have pickleball, we're gonna be watching the games, we're gonna have all these games for the kids and for the adults as well. So we're planning that out right now. QR codes everywhere where you can just donate and support the Foundation Project Transition. That went well. Other than that, I can tell you what didn't go well. My daughter's back home. So yes, I am so Thankful to see the whole family here because when the whole family's in attendance, like when I got a full house, guess what I also have? A full heart. No lie. Like I feel always when she's not here in college and now she's graduated with her master's and she's here and I swear, I feel complete because all my itty bitties and my wife all under one roof. It's amazing. But the process didn't go so well. So my daughter was coming back. I was like, all right, here's the gate code, okay? Here's the garage code. Y'all like, won't you just give her a key, damn it? And then and then I was like, all right, and here's the alarm code. Well, that's three different codes. And let's just say my wife tried to help me with the codes, and we gave her the wrong code. And then I thought somebody was pulling a kick door. She got in at like 2 this morning. About You know me. I, I jump up, woke up quick at about noon. I'm like... I'm, that's my daughter. She's just coming in the house, so she got in late, but uh, my kids woke up early, pumped their sisters here, and wanted to wake her up. Of course, I let that happen. All love in the Wiley crib right now. All right, let's talk about where there's not all love at HBO right now, because they're canceling Game Theory with Bamani Jones after two seasons. Let me preface this by saying I've never seen Game Theory by Bamani Jones. That doesn't mean I don't think it's a good show, bad show. I don't know what kind of show it is. Y'all got to help me out. Just like maybe he's never seen Never Shut Up. It is no slight. But I did see one clip that I'm going to get into that I didn't like that clip. So maybe that was a sign of what's to come. Well, Game Theory debuted in 2022. First airing after last week tonight with John Oliver, big time. Then real time with Bill Maher for the second season, which is one of my favorite shows. However, I have not seen it in a long time, like post-pandemic, but I love that show every time I catch it. So Game Theory was generally well-regarded critically in season one. That's always a death sentence. (laughs) When someone says critically acclaimed, they better say also box office acclaimed or high-rated. If not, here comes the pain. But it failed to gain significant traction in the ratings. So that continued in season 2, even as TNT began showing the previous week's episodes leading into the NBA doubleheader. Uh-oh, trying to give it a little boost, trying to give it a little help still didn't work out. So each season lost on average 80% of its lead in viewership. That's painful. That's really painful, y'all. Y'all get that. So HBO sister station TNT reaired the episodes of the second season following the week ahead of the NBA doubleheaders, and the TNT HBO airings of the show often failed still to register in the top 50 on the cable charts. Now, real sports for Brian Gumble. Goodness, can you get better as a show? Every time that's on, <laughs> Brian Gumble destroys it. When he got them glasses on, on the tip of his nose and that leg cross, he about to go deep on something and somebody. So that show has continued to be a success for HBO since it debuted in 1995. But Bamani Jones, he joins a list with Bill Simmons, Joe Buck, Bob Costas, prominent sports figures, y'all, whose HBO shows haven't lasted long on the network. So we got to first figure out why don't these prominent big names with huge audiences translate to HBO, whereas Brian Gumbo continues to plow through it with no issue. Ah, let's get into this. Because Babani is different than Joe Buck and Bob Costas. Bob Costas can sound like, you know, straight down the middle, even though he's when he does lean a side or two, Y'all light his ass up and he goes right back to the middle along with Joe Buck, announcers, right? So we're not looking at them the same way as we do with Bamani Jones. But Bill Simmons does have those opinions, right? And Bill Simmons is a prominent figure. How come it didn't work out with Bill Simmons? How come it didn't work out with Bamani Jones? Now let me get into the clip and I can probably explain it better this way. I saw one clip and it was Snowfall versus The Wire. Now I am beyond biased. In this conversation I'm from LA I'm from Compton South Central LA snowfall was filmed literally on the block like everything is snowfall it didn't even look like props to me I was like yeah that's what third grade right there fifth grade right there right and I'm watching it and I'm like reliving my life in history and but Monty Jones my dog had the audacity to say that the wire is better than snowfall I'm like, I can't even get recency bias. You can't even lean Snowfall. It just ended with literally the best ending ever of a TV show. Name a TV show that ended better than Snowfall. Even I'm from the neighborhood. I'm from that block, and I didn't see that coming. Nobody did. Amazing. Frankly, you destroyed it. But to a larger cor- cor- uh, conversation and point about Bamani and his time at HBO, what was wrong with this show? Because obviously, Bamani Jones is... Smart beyond smart intelligent. He kills it in his podcast in the podcast space But this didn't go so well now you couple this with the show he had with Pablo Torres remember him Remember that show mr. Harvard himself so two geniuses couldn't put it together And then he went on his own HBO huge platform and it didn't work out as well um, I didn't catch enough of the show to see why, but looking at the numbers, looking at the ratings, looked like it didn't really get the support it needed from the viewers. So now I'm asking you, what was the problem? Banging with you guys, because y'all showing love and support for Never Shut Up. Especially you Wally World members out there who can get this Friday swagger away, Never Shut Up. Praise and testaments to Marcellus, Never Shutting Up. I wonder who said something. Magic Johnson? Damn. That's a big paragraph. You know he had to write that. Uh, Bruce Smith, whoa, he wrote one too as well. Got a lot of love for you guys and somebody's gonna get some extra love on Friday. Let's talk about Dan Patrick who's trying to give some love to the Sports Center anchors out there saying, yo, your job today, whoa. Can't imagine how difficult it is. So he had Neil Everett on, former, crazy to say that already, huh? Former ESPN anchor, on his show and after the interview Dan briefly discussed the challenges of making your mark as a sports center anchor today today so he said it's the end of an era when it comes to those sports center teams i mean sports center anchor you think of Scott Van Pelt cuz he has his own show and there's a tune-in factor that Scott's going to be there but it's changed so much in fairness to the anchors when we were doing sports center in the mid 90s didn't have social media didn't know the results. And if you knew the results, you weren't able to have access to the highlights. So you tuned into SportsCenter. He broke that down right there. So we had an incredible tune-in factor, he said, of his reign as one of the elite anchors alongside Keith Oberman. Because we could bring you all the highlights and we could do it in an entertaining fashion that hadn't been done before. Trying to be a SportsCenter anchor? I can't imagine how difficult that will be because we already know the results now. What are you doing that's different? It's crazy to bring that up because just looking at the contrast of times tells you a ton. Let me take you guys back. Y'all remember when Sports Nation, not Center, Sports Nation first debuted. It was Colin Coward and it was Michelle Beadle. I had worked on the audition process. Max Kellerman actually was slotted to be one of the roles, but Michelle Beadle destroyed it and Colin Coward was already built into the show as the show was really for him. Kind of poking fun at Colin like, hey, get off the straight and narrow and loosen up a little bit. And who could do that better than Michelle Beadle? The most, and I'm going to say it again always, the most naturally talented broadcaster I've ever seen. Michelle Beetle needs nothing, just some air and opportunity, and she about to chop it up. Now, y'all may not like her, y'all may not like her opinions, but I'm talking about just getting this engine going at the combine of broadcasting. Oh, Beetle going to smoke it. It's crazy. So you look at Sports Nation. Remember? Big old board. Touch screen. You can make around. We were doing polls and ratings. We were going to social media live in real time, getting results, fan feedback, all of that stuff. What was that? 2008, 2009? It was like, whoa, like Facebook just came out a year or so before. Was Instagram even out yet? I don't think so. So it was like, wow. And then all of a sudden you looked up. Everybody had access to those same things, those attributes, those same technologies, that same workflow, the same kind of like let's poll the nation, Sports Nation polls. Let's now take the audience's suggestions. So everything became integrated. What did that do? Obviously, it gave everybody more options and opportunities in the industry and fan engagement went up. But what did it do to Sports Nation? kind of shifted it, right? Then you start seeing different faces in and out because really, the whole product had been compromised, maybe even undermined by the advances of technology. What we were first to do pioneering was now standard issue. So now what sets you apart? What had to set us apart? were their personalities cheese right because it wasn't going to that damn board everybody was going to a board after that it wasn't like just talking to the fans everybody would talk to the fans then you're like "Uh uh-oh so that's how that parallels sports center because the sports center was saying hey y'all don't even know what happened oh some of y'all do Okay, y'all didn't see it, and if you did see it, you ain't got this bite-sized clip that condenses it in like two-minute chunks, so you ain't gotta sit through two, three hours of the game. And everybody was like, hell yeah. Then they throw in how hip they were, how relevant they were, and you just looked up to those dudes in the suit who's sitting there breaking down the game and giving you like 50 different events and games in like 50 minutes. You're like, oh, this is insane. It was the best thing going. But it's not necessarily a decay of them as much as everyone else caught up. Everything else caught up to them. So now, where do they go? Where do you do when you're talking about Sports Center then and Sports Center now? So if you're not going to Sports Center for the highlights, you're not going there for the anchors, it becomes increasingly difficult to sell audiences on watching the show that was once. Vital to ESPN. So SportsCenter becomes less important to ESPN because it's not vital to ESPN, because we're not making it vital anymore. It's daytime programming, embracing debate, and transitioned into more of the infomercials. As I told you guys, all this embrace debate ain't nothing but commercials for live events. That's where ESPN is now. And unfortunately, where sports center has been left. So frankly, there's little room or desire to develop the next great duos and anchors for Sports Center. My real question to all you guys are: do you still check for Sports Center, and what do you think the future? A sports center is. Uh, one thing that grabbed me, man, was crazy. Ashley Brewer, who I had worked with well before her sports center days locally at ABC, and watching her just climb and get up there, and I thought she was safe from all the cuts. Obviously, she got released as well. But she posted a picture the day before she got fired at work at sports center geared up G'd up just proud of where she's gone of where she was but now not there anymore so y'all tell me long term what's the fate of sports center right and frankly going on sports center obviously not the same job we used to salute but what can they do in terms of making a mark in the landscape of sports or is that just dated and done? Let it go is dying. If not already dead y'all let me know in those comments. Cause for me, I'm not checking for SportsCenter anymore. I check for Scott Van Pelt. Can't lie. Why? Cause it's Scott Van Pelt. I just wanted to let him navigate me through it. But since they don't have that in any other experience, I think the whole product, the whole box of SportsCenter is gone elbows up for the love y'all got for me and the support all of you guys out there for never shut up especially you Wiley world members out there and one of you on friday swag is gonna win this book it's my book so it's a good book god dang it now let's talk about a good dude man dan levitar who says espn's muzzling was too much of a sacrifice never too much never too much never too much dang 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 y'all don't know that luther and he also said i don't even think I talk politics. Whoa, okay, let's talk through it. So, in the wake of ESPN laying off a cast of talented men and women, 20 plus, we all caught it, Levitard attempted to offer condu- confidence and some love to those in the consolation and freedom from the establishment. What? Power to the people, he said. Fight the power. Basically, hey, Y'all got detached away from something that may be a blessing. So on his latest episode, South Beast Sessions podcast, we catch it. Libertar spoke about leaving ESPN to launch Dog Lark Media and why it was a risk he needed to take. So he said, I reached a point at the four letters where I couldn't keep eating silence when I'm freedom first, voice first. And I've got to be able to speak freely. Lebatar said that. So the Muslim was a different kind of unfulfilling. Wow, it was too much of a sacrifice of principles that I couldn't abide. Ooh, gotta stop right there. Mm. My experience there at ESPN was never from up top or the powers that be to say this and don't say that. The only time you ever hear, like dog chill, is when you went hard at the NFL when you went hard at the commissioner, right? That was the only time I ever seen somebody, hey, hey, chill, chill." like that money coming in from the NFL, those three letters, the four letters needed, so chill out. I remember hearing that. I heard it at the NFL Network and I heard it one time at ESPN. But it still wasn't with a heavy hand, wasn't with heavy discipline, just like, be careful if you're going at the NFL and make sure it makes sense. And I remember back to the point where Michelle Beetle had her big rant against the NFL. And let's just say, coincidentally, things changed for Michelle Beetle after that. Kind of proving my point. All right, so I've never been through this experience, but let's talk through Dan's experience. He says, I couldn't look myself in the mirror if I was living in a space where I had to sell out. That I obviously, like sell out in a way that I couldn't come up with a rationalization when I was looking in the mirror for what my family's about. And so I had to do it. Oh, now I'm starting to understand where he's coming from. And then when the discomfort arrived, what it felt like was just unsafe because it's not regret, but it's just like, oh my God, I could have been cashing checks, talking into a microphone for millions of dollars if I had just kept my head down, but not been able to live with myself. Wow. Do you understand that moment right there? The fact that he had that debate um, and that dilemma really two bad options right one stay here not be yourself squeeze into this role and position you feel that they are trying to suit you in right and get that check We call that or at least I do the velvet coffin the velvet coffin feels good inside. Hey, man, it's velvet This is amazing. Oh, man I got enough room to lay down. Oh, let me take a little nap and then they just start lowering you down six feet deep, right? And yeah, slow death, but a comfortable slow death. That's what Dan talks about one lane. But I could have kept catching those checks. And Dan's checks were even bigger than mine. So those some big-ass checks. And he like, can't I just lay here comfortably and take a little dirt nap for a minute? No? Ah, damn it. So what's the option? Go out there and do your own thing. Now, go out there and do your own thing. What did I tell you? You start at zero. I don't give a damn who you are. And you're going to build it up. And yeah, it's going to be more power to you, but there's also going to be more busyness handling your business, because you are now doing it yourself. So Dan went through that problem and that debate, and obviously he chose to bet on himself. So Levitar, he scoffed at the notion that ESPN might now regret muzzling their talent. He says, I found that it's safer and more financially rewarding, generally, to stick to sports. For, hey, facts. To be real about that, you won't lose sponsors. I'm not saying that's what anybody should do. I don't even think I talk politics. What I've been talking about for many, many years has been race and it gets hijacked. It gets turned into politics. But all I think I've ever advocated for, which is now somehow a controversial position, is how about equality and decency for all? All right. So on his show, he says they discuss social issues, not politics. All right. Here we go. Let's talk about this because Dan Levitard got to a point where he was getting that check, but that check was taking a chunk of flesh with it. And you can be in that position you at your job, you may have an overbearing boss at your job and you like dog, I gotta pay these bills, right? because you can love a lot of things in this world, but one thing that loves to get something from you is your bills, right? You ain't even gotta love your bills back. They like, so what? I need you, so you better pay me. And that's what you gotta take care of. Loving your family really just comes into the form and disguise of I gotta take care of this family by paying these bills, putting a roof over their head, etc. Isn't that crazy? Like you love your family, But you don't love your job, but you got to do your job so you can show love to your family. Wow, that's what we get. So the check takes a chunk of flesh from a lot of people, not just a Dan levitard. Here's the thing that I love about what he was saying, right? And it it really hit home for me because it's like about your voice. Your voice is your signature, just like your fingerprint is unique to you. You got to find it first because a lot of people out there don't express their uniqueness. They don't talk through their voice. They talk in mannequin form. They talk in a politically correct form. They talk in cocktail party form just to keep the party going. But Dan Levitar always had his signature voice and always wanted to stick with his signature voice. And that made him have to leave because they weren't trying to listen to his voice. Matter of fact, tried to muzzle it. And another thing that's interesting about it is your time. Like, you you start to realize you only have so much time. So are you going to dedicate it to them, or are you going to dedicate it to yourself first in priority? When we're mutually aligned, oh, this works. This is all good. But as soon as you feel that diversion, as soon as you feel that fork in the road, and you went two different directions, your time becomes essential, because that's the only thing that's going to really give you the opportunity to do what you want to do. So... I had to go through that, ran a model in my my home about how much time am I going to lose if I continue to chase these checks from them, which would include travel, which would include engagements, which would include a lot of things that I didn't want to sign up for, but I did sign up to take care of my family. You get this whole bizarro world? Well, Dan Levitard broke that down incredibly. And I still watch his show and he's still out there killing it. So what do you guys think about all this situation? Huh? You agree with Dan that there's a consolation in freedom from the establishment and the fact that, do you think that ESPN muzzles his talent? And if you do, give me some examples. I want to know. Thank you for all that love. Look at that heartbeat right there. That's from y'all. That's for y'all right there supporting this show. Never shut up. And this book right here, Friday Swag Away, to a lucky Wiley's World member. And one of the perks of being a Wiley's World member is not just that you're eligible for the Friday Swag Away, but also we read your comments on this show, and I comment on your comments. So let's... Go from yesterday's show. We got Damian Lillard in the trade request. We got Frank A. talking about it. He said, it's about Dame time. Dame should have left Portland. Where the heck is that anywhere years ago? Oh, I totally disagree with that. We have all been rigged. We have all been hijacked in how we look at sports now, where it's a zero-sum game. Either you win it all, or what the hell did you do? And I'm like, what did I do? Um, I did a lot. Don't believe me? Ask Giannis. Remember that post-game speech he gave about the process? And I think that we got to get back to appreciating that process. One, let me get corny, because that's what you're going to teach your kids. Two, that's how we learned it. But now we're in a different world where we're letting shock jock tell us, oh, this team sucks. Why? Why? Because they got second in the entire NBA. Oh, this team sucks. Why? Because they're rebuilding, but they still made the playoffs. Like, we are losing our objective understanding of what sports really is just because we're just waiting for one team to win it all. And then even when they win it all, like Denver – we take shots at them or don't even give them their full coverage and shine. Do y'all see how we getting all just turned around, chasing our tails? If you are in this little rat race right here. So be careful, y'all. All right, here's my man at a Honda. Hmm, I pushed the Civic before too. He says, it really just depends how Lillard addresses it in the public eye and shows self-awareness. Great point, especially going to the team that just lost the finals. LeBron rehauls entire rosters whenever he switched teams. KD tries to diminish his ring chasing with acting like it was, quote, the hardest road to join the Warriors, and then later criticizing his Golden State Warrior teammates are trashing OKC. Great point. He's saying it's the PR battle that these stars are losing once they go somewhere else and engage in the ring chase, whatever that pursuit is called. Um, that's part of it. Uh, But I don't give a damn how much good PR you have. As soon as we see you depart, one, they're going to burn your jersey where you left. Two, they're going to say you're not loyal despite the fact you've been there for 11 years. And it's like, damn, you want me to die up in this sucker? Y'all forget. Y'all drafted me. Oh, you want to know what a synonym of draft is? Forced. Y'all forced me to come here, homeboy. I ain't get the ch- chance to choose. And when I had a chance to choose, I chose here again. And y'all still upset. Shut up. No, let me say Never shut up. All right, so that was a good one. All right, let's get to Michael Will Bond's topic right there. And uh, we got my man, at Michael Bardese. He sound wealthy, not even rich. Bardese as a last name, that sound wealthy to me. He said, I appreciate Will Bond's honesty. We've all known they weren't journalists for years. He's the first one I've ever heard admit it. Hey, man, like it's crazy. Like the self-awareness is one thing that he checks in that box because Will a real one. But beyond that, just to have the security to say, yo, I ain't doing what I started doing and I'm not doing exactly what I want to do. Matter of fact, I'm just doing <laughs> something that I don't even know what it is. And I know he has more understanding and compass of it. But in frank terms, he like, dog, we just like opinionated pundits now, like, hey. What's the story? Let me give an opinion like what I'm doing now. Right. But it got to be merit based or fact based or just stay in touch with reality. And I think that's where people really get upset with the industry is when it detaches and it just becomes narrative. And you literally can watch the show in your head before you see the show. And then you're like, I already know what they're going to say. But they say it in an entertaining way. Very interesting right there. Here's another one from a man blared. It's all shifted from journalism to pure entertainment. But because it's pure entertainment, you don't need actual journalists anymore. Just loud, entertaining soundbite guys. Hey, I get it, right? Um, there is something to the, just the fact that someone puts an exclamation point at the end of their sentence versus a period, right? One of the things about me, if I had to beat myself up is I don't have enough exclamation points when I talk. And I don't want them, but I don't have them. And that would have served me well um, in my years of doing this. Because if you just act like you're right and then more so suggest that the other person's wrong and acting like you're right is a period. Suggesting that they're wrong is the exclamation point. What are you talking about like that? Now, all of a sudden, you got the other person on the other side or the viewer like, who does fool think he is? And then you riled up and that's how you get it all amped up. So great point right there. I totally get it. Let's talk about the ESPN layoffs where Dwayne Lee says Marcellus broke it all the way down. Like, You're damn right. That's what I do. <laughs> he said, we appreciate your honesty. Keep pushing, big dog. They wrote you off on their expense report. Look who's laughing now. Respect. Hmm. Even though I feel the compliment in that, and I appreciate you, big dog, and thank you for being a member as well. Um, I learned a long time ago, just run your race and stay in your lane. And why do I stay in my lane? Not just because I don't see other people competing against me. Some people in front of me, some people behind me. It's because it's the most effective and efficient way to run. Um, As y'all know, I'm a, a track runner by heart. I was fast as hell when I was little. Still fast for a big dude, but I was fast, fast for everybody when I was little, right? And I learned that life's a competition between you and yourself. And how did I learn that and really internalize it? by not looking at what the homie had. Because the homie had a Turkish link, a gold chain, a fila suit, a 5.0, and three pretty girls liking them. I ain't have all that. But you know what made me feel good? My solace was? Not that I didn't have it. It was the fact that I didn't compare mine to his. I felt the love from what I had, and I stayed in my lane. I stayed in my zone and said, well, if you want it, go get it. But guess where it is? Not over there not over there. I'm in this lane. It's up there. So go get it. That's why. So I don't get into like, oh, I'm laughing at them now because I'm still trying to grind and get mine. Uh, but respect to what you're saying right there. And they didn't write me off on the response report. This, they built, they built this. <laughs> Let me stop. All right, here we go. Mark McFarland, so proud of you, Marcellus, always dropping jewels. Yeah, man, that's, that's life, man. We all got something to give and offer. I just wish more of us shared it. He says, telling the people behind the scenes numbers and what's at stake. Oh, yeah. I always, I always laughed at NFL players when I played and really broadcasters, they're worse. When they wouldn't tell people how much they made. I was like, dog, do you know every year in the USA Today they put out an article that tells everyone's salary? Do you know there are websites that tell all of our salaries? Now, Fans, viewers, please understand, since you read that, that doesn't mean how much he makes in totality, because he gets endorsements. He has other offers and entities outside of that experience. So don't get it twisted. Whenever you see somebody's salary or one of those sites that says net worth, I will always bet that that number is low. When I told you guys how much I made, that was how much they paid me. I made other money, but that's the point. Do not think that these guys are just at that baseline. So I never had a problem telling somebody how much I make. It's just money. You got to give it back when you're dead anyway. Who gives a damn? So you need to open a school or something. Honestly, it's a shame that Stephen A. Smith is more popular than you and Dominique Foxworth. That's right. This is a school. It's called Never Shut Up University. Don't you see it? It's the school of thought. Get out the way, Wiley. See, told you. We got a school up in here. We only got one student, though. It's just me. All right, let's do it. He says, I'm not saying you're all better than Stephen A. Smith. Why not? No, let me stop. But I believe you should all be just as popular. Keep your daily grind up. If you and Max has a YouTube show back in the day, you will be bigger than Joe Rogan right now. Keep going because the sky's the limit for you. I love all of that. Yeah, I got a little regret coming to YouTube late. That's it. And I, and I started really playing around with this in 2018. But, uh... If Fox wasn't trying to hear it. And I was like, why am I going to do it if Fox ain't going to support it? Um, Joy Taylor did that. Y'all ever check out Joy Taylor's podcast? I forget the name of it right now. But she was like, I'm going to do a podcast. And she did a podcast and didn't get supported by Fox. It wasn't one of the Fox podcasts. And she stopped doing it. Then she did radio and got her chops even better. Now she's on uh, Speak for Yourself after doing Colin. So she picked her role, but I should have bit from Joy. I should have did exactly what Joy did. Just started my own podcast without Fox's support. All right, the last one here is Wally's World. We are talking about this. We got another member up in here, my man Frank A. Unfortunately, I see the Lakers now, much like the Dallas Cowboys and sports betting rules is like allowing an alcoholic bartender to bartend and expecting a positive outcome. You stupid. In, in my opinion, it's borderline entrapment. But love the music debate. Snoop vs. Dre is a classic. And in my opinion, you can't go wrong either way. And Mr. Marcellus, you must, if you haven't already, publish some of your music playlists unless there's some FCC, BMI, DRM, what the hell is that? Royalty stuff involved. And thank you for keeping it independent. Love the show. Love you too, Frank A. And I'll share my playlist Uh, Once we get hydration situation going, which is going to be me DJing and talking to you guys and once we get that going I share y'all some playlists because I know some stuff that may have slipped through the cracks to some of you guys Since I've been in the game for so long all right speaking of so long watch this transition Let's talk to a member who's been waiting for so long oh you've been waiting and debating for oh so long just starving like marvin for a cool song yes i told you i got rap issues right let's bring on our hall of famer right now adrian adrian talk to your boy big dog what's on your chest homie? Oh,
3: okay i got a few questions here for you to um transition into another smooth question is um so how do you describe tupac's impact on rap music and
2: culture at large. Ooh, God, hold on. First one, is- let me dab off. Let me get my let me get my game right. God dang. Um, you said two things. You said rap music and culture at large. Um, I think his greatest impact to rap music was to open your heart up and actually pour out how you're really feeling. Like what not so much how you're living. A lot of rappers do that. Like how I'm living or they're faking it or they're really telling it. I'm talking about how you're feeling. Like his emotional content is maybe the greatest in rap history. Like, he just took you through, like, today I'm happy, today I'm sad, today I don't wanna be here, tomorrow I may not be here, and all of those. And let's be honest with each other, the roller coaster of emotions that he described in those songs, all of us feel to some degree at certain times in our life. So that's why I love just being transparent. One, you can never come up to me and say, gotcha. One of the things I'm doing right now is just talking about everything openly because, frankly, it's it's relieving. Frankly, it's fulfilling. Frankly, it's therapeutic. And then more importantly, nobody can say anything to me. Have y'all noticed nobody pushing back on anything I say? You want to know why? Because I ain't lying. And on top of that, I'm actually still protecting them. Some people thinking I'm up here snitching. I'm like, nah, I'm actually reserving. I know way more than I tell y'all. I'm just making sure... They say it first, or somebody else say it. I'm like, dog, I, now I got to. But I'm never the one to out somebody for. What? I don't seen too much. I know where the bodies are buried. And I ain't there for that. So I think his, his cultural impact is you can do it all. So Pac actor, you know, he grew up an actor, actually, you know, um, in, in theaters. Actor, rapper, you could be everything, gangster, whatever the hell that was. Um, and I say it like this. Focus used to be one thing and stare at it. Oh, uh, I'm a rapper, I'm a rapper. For me, I'm a football player. And then focus shifted. Focus became a million things out there, but know how to prioritize them, right? So then that's what Pac did. He's the first like superstar in rap to do that. Like rapper, actor, spokesman, ladies man, whatever the hell, he just had a line item of lists of things he became. And the next thing you know, everybody started to do that as well. That's where it's greatest impact.
3: Do you think he's still alive today?
2: Hell nah. Hell nah. And, and I can't lie. It took me like two weeks. It took me like two weeks to really say hell nah. At first I was like, nah, maybe. And then it was like, <laughs> I ain't lying. I, I You know why? Because Machiavelli came out. And when Machiavelli came out right after he died, boom, boom, boom. When bomb first hit, I was like, "Oh no, he ain't no way he dead." Saying what he's saying right now, he was saying stuff that didn't happen yet. And I was like, "What the hell?" So, and then after a while, you realize with our technology, ain't nowhere to hide, dog. Not like that. Uh, but that actor that plays him in all those movies, maybe that's him again because that sucker looked dead on pack.
3: <laughs> right about that. So. <laughs> My second question is a bit deeper. Um how did deeper. you find out
2: deeper than that? one? god dang. <laughs> All right, let's go. Yeah, deeper than
3: that. <laughs> Okay. How did you find out what your learning style was? And how did that affect you when you were playing football in regards to learning the playbook, watching film, etc.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um my learning style is I am an intent listener. I always say I talk a lot, but I listen more. I really do. But I listen to syllables, like to letters, not just words. Like, I, I'm listening on a microscopic level to the point where I'm a literalist, maybe too literal. Like, I'm like, I, I, I heard you say that. People are like, dog, it was like a figure of speech, or maybe I was going somewhere else. But I'm literally intent. So when coach is drawing up something, my teacher's drawing up something, y'all ain't talking to me in this class. I do, Dog, you want to get me mad? Talk to me when somebody's trying to teach me something. I will whoop your ass. Like, I ain't trying to hear it, because you ain't going to help me. They trying to help me. They're trying to expand my knowledge base. So I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I go out there, and I practice it. But the thing that I do that I think is unique is I don't judge myself ever in practice. Why? Because it's not a performance. The problem with practices nowadays is they're making them performance-based, right? You better show out the first day of training camp or else. And I've never been that guy. I go to practice knowing what I'm great at and what I need to work on. And I start with what I need to work on. So I'm in practice getting embarrassed. I, I wasn't great with my, my 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 swim move at times. Guess what I'm doing? Swim move. Guess what they doing? Blocking the hell out of me, <laughs> whooping my ass all up and down in practice. But guess what? I got in the game, that sucker was starting to work because I worked on it. So I always work on my left-hand layups, as they say in life. I don't start with my right hand. All right, got that down, Pat.
3: But how how does that work if you were practicing what you were weak at, but also, like, as a team, y'all practicing, like, um, defense, what the offense is doing, more like team script about what team um, you're preparing for that week. Like, how do you have time to work on what you're weak at, and also work on the team you're preparing for that week.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, naturally, the things that you're strong at, is kind of like riding a bike. Like, you're naturally going to lean into those because, one, you have greater muscle memory there, and, two, you have greater confidence there, right? But if you know anything about high-level sports, it's you start at plan B. I'm going against another black belt. I can't go up to him and just try and... Outstrength him, you know. Outmaneuver him. I gotta set him up, and the only way to set somebody up is to have a counter, have a balance. And if you don't have that balance, he knows what you're gonna do, and then you know that that's all you can do. Chess match lost, checkmate. He's gonna get you. So plan B, I start with because, frankly, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. We all right, we're comparable. Now what? Ah. But does he know that every time I go outside, yeah, you blocked that, but now I got the the spin. Now I got the, the spin, now I got the swim, all those things. So it's a counterbalance at the highest level because everybody can do it. Like it's just that simple, the floor is so high, the only way to touch the sky, to touch the ceiling, is to make sure that you have different bags of tricks. So I had to work on my bag of tricks. I didn't have a ton of tricks coming from Columbia, I can't lie, I was just big and strong and fast. And um had a couple moves. I had to make sure I had more than a couple to make sure I was good for the games.
3: And my last question is more fun, more playful. But um today is four for July. Thank you. Yes and um they have the hot dog eating contest every year. Oh and so what food eating contest do you know that you would kill it at?
2: Oh, good question. All right, what yeah, of course. I'm mean, everybody like Courtney in my ear, the whole production team like tacos, duh, like dog. Good luck to you. On average, I eat ten tacos every time y'all see me having tacos, and I got my ketchup. I'm eating minimum of ten of them, right? If I'm on a diet, six. I smack. If I go to Taco Bell, you know that whole big old snack pack, that 24 kid or whatever they have, all them gordos locos. I eat all, of the, like, I buy the box, and then your homie, like, yo, you pass me a taco. I was like, you didn't order nothing. I'm like, this is all for me, fool. I'm eating every one of these in this row. Here's the thing. I am not a fan of the hot dog eating contest, and I was watching it the other day because today is the finals. I guess I saw the semifinals. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> I, I was watching. I was like, am I entertained, or am I disgusted, or um, am I in awe, or... How the hell is this so big? Like, a, a hot dog is no longer a hot dog when they eat it. They drip it into the water. They dunk it in the water. They When they do that, I'm like, and then they... And then Joey Chestnut wins every time, by far. I'm just not a fan of it, but it sounds like I just poo-pooed on your parade, Adrian. I'm sorry, brother, because they ain't getting my rating no more. I can't watch it anymore.
3: Nah, I don't... I don't watch it either, but... um. It's a very popular thing that people still watch. I can't really watch people inhale hot dogs like that and stuff. And I'm getting older. I can't eat like that anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? I can't even replicate it. So.
2: <laughs> well, we two big dudes. Look like we did have our day, though. Like, we had a day where we both was in the, Hey, if I went against you, Adrian, ah, nah. Don't let don't let none of this fool you, Adrian. I can eat, dog. I got a tapeworm somewhere down here. I could put them back. What would be your food if you could try and challenge me in, in, in a eating contest?
3: Oh, hot wings easy. I can eat, I can eat like 20, 30 easy, just down it. Hot wings, whether it's the, um, the, what's it called, the, um, the flat drums, it don't matter,
2: it's all easy. <laughs> yeah, you can go. This sucker got technical, he said the flat wings, he said the bread it <laughs> like all that. I appreciate you, Adrian. Yeah, I ain't eating no 30 hot wings. Now, if they plain, super crispy with the barbecue sauce on the side, I might be a good challenge for you. Appreciate you, big dog. Love and happy 4th of July to you, Adrian. Adrian, no lie. Adrian is like the Joey Chestnut of questions. Like, it ain't even close. Like Adrian asked the best questions by far. Sorry, Cobra. Um, I love you. You're just funny to me. All right, let's bring in Mikey P right now. Mikey P is in the building. And, uh... Oh, Temple football again. Here we go. Trying to resurrect the dead. Let's go, Mikey P. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, I got to say something first about Adrian over here taking my job because that was my topic for the day. Which one? Come on, Adrian. Yeah, let's go, man. <laughs>
2: hey, Adrian might need to get hired here. Uh, no, I don't. Hey, you Actually, don't even need I, me. Should I just go now? A- yeah, I think Adrian be cheaper too. Like Adrian be better for the payroll too. He he doing your job. <laughs> nah, Mikey, we good. Let's do it, brother.
4: Well, I'm gonna stick with it because I got I had some follow up with that. So okay, it's currently actually in a weather delay. Like they might cancel it from what I am reading. But besides that, you can't eat a hot dog, dog in the terrain. rain. <laughs> what? Well, lightning or whatever. I you know, oh, okay.
2: Okay. I'm not good sure.
4: Point. But good point. Um. Joey Chestnut's looking for eight straight mustard belts, okay? 16 titles, 17 years. He's got a record, 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Last year, he had 63. The over-under is set at seventy-two and a half. Over or under, and do you think he's winning this year?
2: Oh, definitely winning. I, I did watch it. Like, I did watch it the other day, and he's winning by far. Nobody can compete with him. He's not going to break his record. I think last year he only had 60-something. He's on decline right 63. now. Like, his stomach, yeah, his stomach is shrinking right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I gonna eat 63, mama. So, yeah, uh, I just, look, I feel like I'm I'm teasing the, the, the guy that's playing video games in his mom's basement, who now is the biggest gamer in the world making $100 million. Like, I know Joey Chestnut got more money than me because... Why? He's a household name. And if you watch the, the hot dog eating contest, all you see are brands behind his ass. You see Bounty. You see Nathaniels, right? You be seeing these big major brands. I'm like, yo, this dude is winning. But it ain't for me, dog. I just, ugh. And then they, it'd be like mustard in their eye. It'd be like buns on their eyebrows. I'm <laughs> like, what the f- What is this, it, They
4: dip the bun in the water? Like, that's disgusting. It's all soggy and shit. Like, oh. <laughs> Gross. And I watched two hours. Over under seventy two and a half. Under. Over under seventy two and a half. Under. Uh, yeah, I'm going under too. Maybe the weather impacts, it. Yeah. they say the humidity hurts the body in this case. Oh. Uh, but I I was gonna say, man, like I need some intel on whether or not he woke up hungry this morning. That that's the
2: key. I, Is hey, he hungry the- or not? That's a great point. I, I think he, he got to find, like, some equilibrium, some counterbalance. Like, he messed around and be too hungry. You know how your stomach, when you're so hungry, and then as soon as you eat one thing, you're full, you're like, God dang, you've been waiting all day for something, but you go too far in your hunger state. So, I don't know how he does it. And frankly, I don't even care. <laughs> Who is number two in hot dog eating anymore? We lost him. It was, yes. it was the other guy, and he's yeah. gone. I don't even know his Kofi-yashi. name. Yes, yeah, yes. He, he's
4: long gone, long gone. gone. Um, the, the but actually, the training aspect's insane here. The training aspect with what, what these guys, do is crazy. So okay, ESPN I love you, Mikey. Please, please,
2: please, do not talk more hot dog eating. Are we? We we <laughs> eight minutes in <into laughs> hot dog eating. What's I gotta up? press you on this. <laughs> I gotta
4: press you on this. ESPN had a discussion whether or not he could be considered an athlete because he has to train his body to be able to do this. Mm. What's your take on that? And that's and that's. The yeah, end of Wiley's question. world after that. Oh, Steve, no, come that's on, a I got great you. question.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Adrian. Mikey P's hired again. Sorry, you didn't ask this level of question. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Adrian. Stop. Uh, athlete. Oh, man, I get into this discussion all the time. Like, you know, golfer, uh, race car driver, and now, damn, hot dog eating. Like, it, it's getting too loose. Um, but I don't have a technical way to describe an athlete, right? It's, it's really just your physical expression. Um, and I can't say that that's a sport to me, and therefore I wouldn't call him an athlete. But what he does is something physically I couldn't do. And isn't that like the baseline of being an athlete, physical expression? So I may be wrong on saying that he's not an athlete because I don't have a real logical base. But damn, that's a good discussion. I will have to think about that. Uh, but I, I, whatever he is, I'm not. And whatever I am, he ain't. So maybe that's athlete <laughs> or maybe that's something else.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say no comment. I'm going to pull Marshall Lynch and just say, you know, I'm just here so I don't get fined.
2: That's it. <laughs> right, right. That's He's it. just here to ask the question for real. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Have a happy 4th of July. Pop some fireworks, enjoy it. No illegal fireworks, please. All you guys out there, and I know I'm talking to y'all too. Y'all be acting like y'all don't know what I'm saying. You know I had some homies went to TJ and a few of them went to Vegas and got them M100s, them, M- them, M- them things that sound like you blowing up a building. Woo! Can't lie, they're kind of cool to see, but <laughs> it's illegal as hell. All right, y'all, y'all know how we finish every show. We finish it with a Wiley-ism. Let's go. Y'all ready? Let's go. Attention is invention. Oh, simple, to the point. Oh, y'all want to make something happen in this world. Give it attention. I mean real attention. I mean pure intention. I mean go into it. Let it occupy your mental space. Let it occupy your spiritual space. And I'm swearing to y'all, you will create it. People always look at me and they're like, dog, how did you navigate around all the stuff that you had to deal with growing up. First thing I did was not give it a lot of attention. I ain't the one to talk about something but not going to do it. If I'm not doing it, I'm not talking about it. For what? Like, one, that's wasteful. And two, don't mess around with temptation because that sucker is undefeated once it gets his hands on you, right? So I'm not playing. Like, I, I'm really intentional with this and I want people to be attentive to what they want. And it's easy to get caught up in just talking about something that you really don't want. A lot of this world is doing that to us. Think about social media. All right. You go out there and you follow somebody. So you think, okay, all I'm getting are the people that I want and the things that I want. Ooh, have you been lied to? You know, when you're scrolling, you are at the mercy of the scroll. You're at the mercy of the algorithm, and don't lie. You could be the most honest, faithful, monogamous, great dude, and then this is what happens. You're looking at this scroll of people that you know, and you're like, you stop. Your fingers stop, because why? Here's a wedding with the bridesmaids, and they all pretty, and you're like, oh, that's a pretty wedding, Ooh, and then you, then you hit this. You open up, and you're like, oh, real pretty, gone. You know what happened? This is what they did. All of a sudden in the matrix, going to logarithm, algorithm, and guess what? you know what they do? They find, why did he stop on this picture? Once they know that, all of a sudden, check your search. Guess what's in your search now? Images like that. And you're like, damn it, where that-? and then now you're slowing. They can tell your speed of rotation to tell you, oh, that's what he likes. Bam, bam, bam. Next thing you know, you're being tempted by the things that you know you like, but the same thing, you don't want those things, right? Don't give it attention because it will pop up in your life, in your world. That's just a simple example. It gets way deeper than that. So I just navigated by basically using the superpower of don't give anything the attention it doesn't deserve. And if you live by that, you all of a sudden got a railroad of where you want to go. And it's a lot easier, not perfect, but a lot easier. So think about it, just simply say, what do I really want out of this world? What do I really want out of my life? What do I really want out of my relationships? What do I really want for my family? And then blinders attention, give it your attention. Why? Cause that's the invention. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today. Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, Dad Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Panella. Thanks for all the love. Ratings and subscriptions and reviews. Membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon.